few years back, I was a visiting fellow in arts at uh, Trinity College in Cambridge, and one of my very close colleagues there, a woman called Sarah Teichman, who's a geneticist, we spoke about the possibility of us doing a piece of work together. So 10 years passed and I had my son who has Down syndrome and I then approached Sarah and said, you know, I'm getting a lot of information about genetic anomaly. It's it's quite interesting, but it's also not very, let's say, user friendly. Um, so I said, let's try and make something that makes uh, gen- genetics more accessible to the public. So Sarah and I got together and I had a residency at her laboratory at the Molecular Research Laboratory in Cambridge. And they specialise in single cell analysis of genes. So of the billions of genes, she's she's looking at processing the information in, in, in one single cell. So I started working with the scientists and, and got to the point of creating a piece of music that was a kind of representation of the science language. We spent the first couple of months dancing around each other and, and trying to communicate and nodding and thinking, well, we really haven't really got a clue what's going on. And then I said to them, you know, you have to be a lot more simpler about explaining genetics if you want the wider world to have an interest in science. So we then developed a, a, a way of working. And I developed cells from the four base code nucleotide acids so that they, they are broken down as A, T, C and G. And the A, C and G scales in music lend themselves. So instead of having a scale, it was like having clusters of notes represented in, in a cluster so that it wasn't just a, a, a scale pattern, but a group of notes that you could you could grab. And T then I created a separate one. And something that's remarkable is that I discovered that we are 99.9% the same. Every human being is is that. So it's that point one percent that's different. Sarah has a, a child who's approximately the same age as my son, Ethan, and they're 99.9% the same. So it made me really think about what is difference and how how small is that difference? and But then how massive is it in terms of the complexity of how, how we function? of genes were from uh, the Thousand Genome Project, so they're unknown uh, donors, so they're not named, So, but they're there for medical research and for scientific research to look at the, the similarities. And if you think about it, it's a very abstract idea that the printouts are not sort of racing around your blood, You're not your, your body's not full of these little letters, but if you imagine us as a huge computer and that the signals from the brain and the DNA saying, you know, make your muscle relaxed, make it tense. You know, those are all DNA um, actions that uh, that all modify as, as your genes are working. And that's very interesting. And then if they fail to work, then there's obviously a genetic malfunction or an anomaly or something that's different. That was the part of the piece that, that interested me in the music to really illustrate how the differences happen and and how you can hear them happening in the music as well. It is deeply personal, but I have to say that it isn't about Trisomy 21. It was more the sense of allowing the general public a sense of, yes, I understand a bit more about genetics now that I've heard this piece of music and, and the scientists talk. Sarah and I do a talk together where I, I speak very much from the kind of on scientific mind and and her explanation is scientific so the two 
working together gives people a way into it. There's an image of Sarah's daughter and Ethan sitting at the first performance and say, you know, these two children are 99.9% the same. Now, when you think about that, clearly they're very different, but, you know, there's more, there's more similarities than there are differences. Let's imagine it like a painting where you're priming all the types of paint you're going to use. If, if you're an, an oil painter, you, you've got to prepare all the paints. And, that, and in a way, that was what it was like for this, that um, I knew that the repetitions would happen. One of the scientists jokingly said, oh, well, a piece that will have at least four notes, A, T, C and G, you know, represent it. But scientists have been doing sound printouts of genetics and they've just been computerized sound files, which are incredibly boring. So this is a piece of music that has to be musical. So something that I took from just my own idea of the genetics was I read through the codes and the speech patterns that they made, A, T, T, C, G, informed the rhythm that I used. So the opening of the piece, you get da, 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 da. That was very much A, T, A, D, D, D. It was how I read the rhythm and that's how it came out. So there was nothing scientific about that. That was very much the, the piece of music that makes it mine, really. Well, I've written another string quartet for the quartet that are playing in, in Belfast, the Ben Yonas Quartet. Last year, I've been working with scientists at uh, UC itch in London and they've been developing an app which looks at understanding genetic predictors so basically they have um, it's open access so they've got people absolutely matched to the genetic profile so you get a face of, a, of the person and then this is its genetic predictor and this is the eye color that we think this person might have you can hear it working in a much more mechanical way because they wanted that for it, so it was four different people, four different eye colors. So it was exactly, we call it SNPs. So if you take the same chunk of genetic information from your um, genetic profile and mine, then it would be, a, it's called a SNP. And if you look at it, if we look down, there's four people um, because it's a string quartet. The SNPs are going to be the same apart from one or two points. And that will determine the difference. I've also been working with children's hospitals in Canada doing inst art installations with sound where it's for waiting spaces for kids. I've used one with genetic codes in it where kids stand on the floor and projects images on the wall, which in itself is not nothing novel. It happens in a lot of places, but it also triggers sounds. So you can have six kids interacting with each other using these little genetic cells. So it's kind of interesting in a hospital space to have that, have the little genes playing out and the music then happening also. But also the fact that there, over 4,000 kids used it in the first month. And, you know, to have kids actually composing and they don't even realise they're doing it is, is, is very progressive. And the whole idea of that was um, to reduce pain management. So basically, kids who are going in for repeat anticipated pain-related treatments would use this device and their pain levels were measured to be much lower because they'd been distracted and had been using a creative part of themselves. So for me, that, that has a huge impact. And that was completely unexpected. That's a whole other avenue of my work that, you know, is, is very, I, it's not concert-based. It's just quite interesting. I 
I love the idea that kids are interacting with the music and they don't even realize that, you know, that they're inputting in, into the structure in a, in a whole way. It's interesting how kind of life always ties itself together in a way. In my early teens and university days, I, I used to do a lot of voluntary work with kids, kids who had um, disabilities. I've always been interested in the idea that composition isn't just for the concert hall, that we're missing huge chunks of audience, that um, with a little bit of uh, an open door, we can actually less ghetto-wise. I actually don't feel that there's a very elite club that I want to belong to. <laughs> I don't like that. I like an audience who are, have no expectations and then are surprised. And I think that's what we'll get for this audience. And I, I love that, that mix of audience. And it's not just a theatre audience, it's generally, genuinely curious people who want to come and then have a sense that actually maybe that's something I can go to in the future. And that more and more is satisfying for me. Mm -hmm.